parents strongly cautioned, the following programs are intended for mature audiences over the age of 18. These programs may contain some materials that many parents would not find suitable for children. The programs may contain intense violence, sexual situations, coarse language, and suggestive dialogue. This is Chris P., and you are listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. My name is Jose Argumento, and with me tonight is... Paul Scrow, the founder of TsunamiFaithful.com. And... Hey, it's Samurai Darrell Maddox. And... Daniel Sherlock, webmaster at TsunamiFaithful.com. And... Sketch, the other, other white meat. And... I eat Sketch. Uh, Mac Rotelli, I don't know what I do. <laughs> and... I've said enough and enough times. So, uh... For those of you that don't know what Matt does, he is one of our video editors on Geeky, and he also helps out on the site. Uh, he got us some of our interviews at New York Comic Con because there was no way in hell I was going to go to New York Comic Con. In other words, we pimp Matt ass out like the bitch he is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> and, uh, and, and we'll we'll talk about New York Comic Con later tonight because we do want to hear you, any stories you guys have. But uh, let's get to business, right? Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Podomatic. Make sure you subscribe and whatnot. Please, especially on iTunes. We really appreciate that stuff. Like us on Facebook at Toonami Faithful Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Toonami Podcast. And follow our Tumblr account at ToonamiFaithfulOfficial.tumblr.com. Visit podcast.toonamifaithful.com for all the old episodes of the podcast. Um, And Will should probably teach me how to put episodes up there so we don't have to wait a week after they come out. Yes, and Paul has some uh, two different ways to ask people for money now. Yes, yay! I got two different ways. Um, so first of all, obviously, is the t-shirts. Um, if you guys buy a t-shirt, which is twelve dollars, uh, you get Nerdcore Absolution for free. And the t-shirts, like I said again, are twelve dollars. So if you go to tsunamifaithful.bandcamp.com, uh, you can purchase one of those. If you want something for donating. If you don't want something for donating and you just want to donate like a dollar or whatever amount of money you want to donate, it's uh, tsunamifaithful.com slash donate. Uh, we yeah, have a we donate link. No, we don't accept food stamps. <laughs> Damn. Make sure you guys go there. I know I have noticed that there's been an increase in people purchasing T-shirts, so that's a good thing. Because I've sent out in the last <laughs> – shut up, Daryl. Um, we've sent out – Sketch, do you want to do a commercial? Silence. <laughs> well, since Jim isn't here. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of donations, uh, how far are we to uh, getting that money for the uh, camera repair? Because that's going to be needed pretty soon. Uh, we need is we still need a couple hundred at least. Okay, so keep buying shirts and keep donating for the love of God. <laughs> really need to send this off by before the end of November. Or so, yeah. don't get content from us at all. <laughs> That's not true, but please. That's not true, but we need, no, we, we must. You need to make it true. You want content? So. You want a shirt? Buy a shirt. Well, okay. Go. Basically, if you don't, if you don't, if you guys don't donate, we can't go to as much cons. But I mean, we will try to do as much content as we can. But 
there's no guarantee that we, we can. We need the camera, though. Okay, so, fine, yeah, people. I tell you what, you donate, y'all get a truck video from me. <laughs> We're trying to get people to donate, not drive them away. <laughs> and I think we just lost half of our viewers. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And no, I think the demographic just shifted. <laughs> yep. Anyways, um, so where the women at? So, if you guys want if you guys could donate, it's tsunamifaithful.com/slash/donate, or obviously, you know, go and purchase the the uh, the shirt off of Bandcamp. We promise we will not give you anything if you donate to us, especially not a twerk video. We promise that will not happen. <laughs> oh man, Darrell might put... send it to you anyway, so don't blame us. No, yeah, I promise. I would actually send you a video of me drinking. We will not reveal your email to Darrell. Your email will stay no. private. Your PayPal will stay private. Just just donate, please, for the love of God. Really? Re so uh, please send money so I can freaking fix my camera. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, right. I'm not going to twerk. Jose's going to do it. Oh, God. Anyways, with let's my move on. camera. I'll do it if that's what you okay. want. I just oh, Darrell, I need that fixed camera. Nine to five. What a way to make a living. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Old School Friday. Uh, <laughs> we actually had one of you uh, send something in, which was our uh, – we actually had Arthur on the, the podcast a while ago. And uh, he sent me through contact us at tsunamifaithful.com, hint, hint, uh, what he wanted – what video he wanted to put up and why. You can actually find that there right now at tsunamifaithful.com. Um, the video is split, Space is the Place, if you guys remember that promo. Of course. If you guys want to see that. <laughs> you don't know what we're talking about for some of you that are actually new to Toonami, uh, again, you can go to ToonamiFaithful.com and see that. Uh, again, if you guys want us to put up a video for you that you liked and, you know, obviously give us a reason why you liked that video and how it, I guess, touched you, so to speak. No, Darrell, no puns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Show us on the doll where the promo touched you. <laughs> it's what sexual Harris meant, okay? <laughs> anyway, guys, I gotta be yeah, honest. These these jokes are very cold. Okay, they're very cold to sexual abuse victims. Wait, wait, wait! They're nice, not campy nice enough baby. for you. <laughs> they're not campy enough for you. That's Jose? not that's not a pun. Stop it. Oh, do you not understand? Do you not understand what I'm doing? Care. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care about no, the word campy. He just doesn't like it when you say it. Exactly, and that's why I like. <laughs> but it's not. Like, but even the thing is, your joke made no sense. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Never mind. Fuck Paul. Moving Jesus. On, so. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Mission take a shot whenever you're here anyway. Mission Sweet. Anyways. Let me get it. So, no, uh, I, I thought it was when I say it. <laughs> Whatever. All right, anyways. Specifically um, when Jose shot. said it. I haven't said it yet, so. Okay, anyways. Um, so, if you guys want to submit a video, go to contact. Email us at contact us at tsunamifaithful.com. Uh, make sure you include your Twitter handle as well as, obviously, the YouTube link to that video as well. Um, we won't be able to post. I mean, if, if you guys give us a description of what it is, and we'll try to go find it for you. That's that's fine, too. Uh, just give us a description of why you like that promo as well. So I'd like to see more of you guys uh, submit because, you know, I thought this would be something, you know, for you guys to contribute to the website as well. So. Submit. <laughs> So, um, it's not on the agenda because Paul's an idiot and he forgot, but uh, Matt and Daniel actually went to New York Comic Con. Well, I was yeah. figuring to talk about this after the nope. thing we heard we're talking tonight. about it now. Um, right. we, yeah. we talked about this before. We're talking about it now. 
Damn it, Paul. All right, apparently Jose's not feeling campy. Continue. No, Paul doesn't listen. That's what's going on. Um, so Daniel and uh, and Matt went to New York Comic Con and had a great time, I'm sure, with the huge crowds and sweaty people. So uh, yep. tell us about your experience, guys. Um, Exhausting. This is my first con, actually, as press. It was a really big and overwhelming con but fortunately i've been there for the past like five years Damn, yeah, well, is... you just like a fucking og then <laughs> og comic con yeah <laughs> this was my first year uh it was definitely overwhelming uh we had a lot of fun though it's like a hundred thousand people <laughs> it had a lot of people <laughs> yeah that's why i don't staff it anymore okay that's not very high ratings <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, especially uh, with the Rooster Teeth. That was pretty cool. Yeah, tell us about Rooster Teeth, bitch. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> that's, right. that's the right way to ask him, Drell. Yeah, thank you. Did you ask? Oh, okay, so tell uh, Okay, tell us about Rooster Teeth, bitch, please. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, uh, as as we were setting up, uh, they were singing uh, Tanami's back, bitches, and I'm like, what? Wait, did you say Tanami's back? bitches so we kind of just started singing a little bit yes they're huge tanami fans all of them all of them that makes sense um i would know because i i have been on their site for quite some time now um i do know one of them but i never met that person which is uh one to the far right in the interview if you guys you go see a it fucking name uh are you talking about miles yeah miles Damn, I'm like, man, tell the man fucking name if you're going to do it like that. All I know is one person. You give some names, Daniel. Oh, I didn't remember his name because he goes by somebody else. What, what's no, his screen name? Mean, what's the name like, that people would know him as? Miles Luna 24. There we go. Thank you, Matt. Oh, wait, so isn't he Jean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. That nice. wasn't so hard. And the uh, other two guys well, that's were, the character uh, replaced. Excuse me. The <laughs> other two guys were Carrie Shaw Cross and uh, Monty Oom. Yeah, those two are mostly, I think. Well, especially one of them is on in the comic, and the other two are mostly Rivers Blue and Ruby. Okay. Did anything else happen at New York Comic Con? No. Oh, Thursday we had our meetup with uh, Adult Swim Central, John. And how did they go? That's disappointing. <laughs> we actually got like 10 or so people there. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice. 10. That's Better but than what we did like, at Otakon. I know. It was just, it was just, <laughs> the funny thing is it was just mostly Adult Swim staff, Central staff, and us. So it wasn't really too impressive, really. Networking. It's still, yeah. It's okay, man. They just wanted the black guy there who could drink. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. I mean, it seems like I don't know how One Piece did with their meetup, so I, I don't know. We didn't go. Probably a lot better than us. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they didn't have their own meetup. I thought they just went with the uh, the Shonen Jump crew because they were there. Yeah, They, they went to the uh, Daisuke thing, too. Yeah. They kind of met up with them, I guess, and did their own little thing. So you didn't you didn't see our buddies at the One Piece podcast, did you? Right? Unfortunately, not. We did not see them at all. Like we didn't see them in the press room. We didn't see them anywhere, at all. They actually wait. I saw them at the Funimation panel. That was it. 
Uh, you were there. So. <laughs> and by the way, they put Funimation in a really small room. Yeah, that's the thing we kept hearing about all the anime panels. They put them in really small rooms and they were just too crowded. Well, I mean, the screening wasn't in a small room. The only exception was really Ava 3.33 at main events. And that was, that was really it. And you guys got to see the dub premiere. We didn't see that. We we saw the oh uh, yeah we did at uh, at Otakon actually. Oh, it was originally going to be the sub screening, but at the last minute they're like, okay, we'll actually show the dub because we have it ready. Oh, that's awesome! But so, is it fully ready, or was this kind of a, a was temporary? No, it was a full dub. Full huh. dub, every everything. Did you guys like it? Or was it good? Did it suck? Yeah, it was good. Enjoyable. You're gonna like it. <laughs> you By the way, it? the uh, panel, the Q and A panel, is up on YouTube. If you want to see that, they can go to they can go to YouTube.com/slash/geeky-videos for that. By the way, tell us about the um, tell tell hmm. us about the interviews that you guys got. Like, how did how did you guys get some of those? I mean, because it wasn't it wasn't like my experience at Otacon where we had a press team schedule it for us. You guys actually had to go out and fetch these people. Right. Complicated. Where I began. Real well, complicated. Actually, well, for MC Chris, we literally just went up to him and said, "Oh, you want to do this?" And like he's like, "Okay." And we literally did the interview like five minutes later. Most of them were like that, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, a lot of them were set up in advance via email. I had well, to track yeah. down some PR people. MC Chris, other than MC Chris and maybe somebody else, that's probably about it. Hey, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, else. For some of them, uh, New York Comic Con, their press team, they email. They have this like on an email list that some press people email us, and Rooster Teeth was one of them. And that's how we got that. Yep. I will. I will say like because me and Matt were back and forth trying to get context because I had to make a couple phone calls. It was it was a lot harder than what we've been through before, Jose. <laughs> well, because yeah. well, because when we were at Otacon, it was just like. We weren't allowed to do interviews outside of what the press people, what the press staff had scheduled for us. New York right. Comic Con feels like the complete opposite. It is. It's like Definitely. it really uh, is. It really done. is. There's like no. There's like no rules. There's no right. rules at all. <laughs> we well, we it is. It's New York Comic Con. Very commercial. It's all handled by each company. Handles their own press. Which right. I think is going to change next year. Um, yeah, because like, I, I'm sure you guys heard about what happened with some of the uh, with some of the press people that had quote unquote press credentials. They were just oh the uh, stalker. Yeah, that like went up to random cosplayers and like just kind of harassed them. I think oh, that's going to yes, change I for next year. I oh think yeah, that, I think I that they, New York oh. Comic Con is going to go ahead and step in and just kind of be more like Otakon. I I hope so because like hopefully maybe they it, get some people. It, it was. Come- it, over there and be like, hey, help us out. <laughs> well, I mean, Otakon's already busy with Otakon Vegas. But, yeah, Paul, true, you were true. saying. It, it was it was really hard to, like, get some of these. Like, for example, um, and I know Matt was trying to, I was trying to help Matt get, for example, we can reveal this now because obviously we didn't get them, but uh, Nickelodeon, we were trying to get some huge, huge interviews with them for uh, Legend of Korra and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and for geeky, Matt, not yeah, Tsunami Faithful. Yeah, for, for geeky, yeah, yeah. we were doing both. Um, and Matt can attest to this. We were I, apparently there was only one 
member of the press that was involved with New York Comic Con that actually got an interview with Nickelodeon? Um, Zone, that I know of. I'm yeah. sure others did. We just didn't. Cause they I know did. Toon Zone <laughs> definitely got an interview yeah. with one of them. Yeah. But you had said that there was a couple that you had talked to yeah. that said that they didn't get any interviews with them or they yeah. didn't even hear from them. So. Oh, yeah. Even Funimation was not that easy as I thought it would be. Well, <laughs> it wasn't easy. And then even, I made a phone call and even, two seconds even later. Even while we were there, back. Funimation wasn't very easy. <laughs> well, yeah, I heard what, what happened at the end and, you know, that kind of sucks. They misled Mike. Poor Mike. <laughs> well, I think the thing is over at, at New York Comic Con, not because of our, of our troubles, but because of, of the harassment oh, no, yeah. that went on, I think that we're going to see them step in because they don't want this kind of press. That 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 story was, that that of that cosplayer getting harassed went viral, and that's bad press for Oticon, or sorry, not Oticon, uh, New York Comic Con. And well, there, there I was, think that means they're going to have a more active staff. I mean, that's I think that's right. kind of what happened with Oticon. Glumping is not cool, which there is was, good for us because that makes it so much easier to organize all our shit. Yes, it is. It, it's less stressful. It's less yes. stressful. Uh, it's less stressful for everybody, man. Um, if you have an agenda and everything going, you know, if you got it set up right, then that means you can get people in and out. Yeah. I, I wasn't even there at the con, and I was stressing out because I'm like, oh, yeah. I've got to get these interviews, and, like, nobody it, – it was really hard to get in contact with these people. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, I understand they're busy with other things, but, you know, when we try to make these contacts, you know, we want to try to get these done ahead of time because that's the way we do things usually. So we can schedule things. Well, since we now know most of these emails, I think it will be easier to oh, yeah, test that again. Definitely. But um, even do if it wanna... does not change, yeah. or vice do versa, guys, it does. Do you guys want to talk about a certain situation that we can't... We're not going to say any names, but do you want to talk about that certain situation? Um... <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It just kind of sucked that the interview just didn't go the right way, so we just had to take it away. There you, you know. go. That's that's better. That's better. It just <laughs> it just didn't work. So it wasn't it, it was wasn't cut off. Really, so we couldn't use it. There you go. Yeah, pretty much. You yeah. know, it's not of the tsunami faithful quality that we provide in content. So we had to strike it from the record books. Sorry, guys. Um, Sorry. There. I mean, I, I'm gonna well go done, ahead. And, HR. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and steal from Ancast a little bit, but I do feel like New York Comic Con gives out press passes a little too easily. They really do. They need to be, I think, a little more strict. Well, and 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 I, be able to manage smaller staff, smaller staffs, because like obviously we've proven ourselves at this point. Like our site, we we are able to provide content and an audience, uh, and I'm very well, now proud. we're able to provide we're able to provide content on two different sites. They, now. Right, I'm very, but but mainly we don't apply with Geeky. We apply with Tsunami Faithful, uh, right. or or oh, Adult Swim Central. Uh, but we didn't apply with Geeky. Last I heard, we just. Use tsunami, tsunami faithful. Oh, yeah, we, we used tsunami be approved with Geeky. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be approved with right. Geeky. They'd be no like, way in hell. "Go, go, go away." Yeah, they would. Um, they would go away. Geeky's like our little bastard stepchild. The thing is about tsunami faithful, uh, and I'm very proud that we've built this audience. We we can provide an audience to these cons, but when someone like New York Comic Con or, or Anime Expo just lets somebody in so easily, it's kind of like, well. If anybody can get in, are you sure you're going to get content? Because there are people who don't don't give a shit about actually providing content. They're just there to enjoy the con for free. And, you know, or obviously we're not one of those people. Obviously no, we're not us. one of those sites. But, uh, 
So I think I think New York Comic Con needs to be a little more strict with the press. There was a lot of people there that probably yeah. had press, but I'm not going to go into really details about it. But I mean, especially with the incident, which we didn't see, thank God. But still, you know, that it was still uncalled for, and hopefully that will change for the better and make a better New York Comic Con. That's all we can hope yeah, for, yeah. right? Yep. Um. Uh, anything else about New York Comic Con, or are we going ahead to move on to the news? Um, do you want to ask me about any any of the other interviews in particular? I mean, uh, how was it? I guess how was it like to interview Mike McFarlane, for example? Um, he was very nice about it because Funimation had a communication uh, issue with him, and he didn't know he had an interview scheduled because he was told something was canceled, and he scheduled lunch right after his autograph session, and then he was like, "Okay, oh, you, how long do you think it will take?" I'm like, "Oh, just ten minutes." Like, "Oh, sure, I'll do it." And it took less. <laughs> yep. And if you see the video, we're like in a random, like kind of in one of the main areas in the back. That's why it's shot like that because this was literally done on in the back, <laughs> on the fly, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of a lot of the interviews were not in the press room. Every single one of them were on in on the floor. actual convention, on yeah. floor. Yeah, one. Well, that's kind of cool, work. man. You got to look at it like this: <laughs> turn a positive into a negative. So, thanks for telling us about New York Comic Con, guys. And uh, when we be, we'll be right back with the news. From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr, this is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. Bleach comes in at 1,044,000, Naruto comes in at 937,000, One Piece 843,000, Soul Eater 786,000, Sword Art Online 754,000, IGPX 688,000, Star Wars The Clone Wars uh, 724,000, Big O Season 2 686,000, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood 757,000, Bebop 700,000, Inuyasha 712,000, and Inuyasha ends the night with 632,000. There's your ratings for October 12th, 2013. Seriously, what the fuck? What happened in the second half? Yeah, really. I don't know. What the fuck happened, y'all? Okay, in the demographic ratings for 18 to 49, Full Metal beat everything but Bleach. Yes, Bleach rules always. (laughs) (laughs) I'll mention Bleach in a couple of minutes, by the way, but, uh... Yeah, what uh, these ratings are kind of weird. Very. They're, I mean, they're not bad. I mean, nothing went below six hundred thirty-two thousand, but still, a little low on the front end, but more than makes up for it in the second half. I mean, but that's what here's, she said. here's a question though: um, Is does I, this maybe reflect Twitter? Uh, uh, no. Uh, I mean, I mean that would make sense why it's all over the place, but I, I'm just kind of like. I mean, because I didn't really expect it to be that high. It's not reflecting Twitter at all. Um, And if it is... As far as we know. As far as we know. um, I mean, Twitter counts for something. We can say maybe. (laughs) But I I, I seriously don't think Twitter is going to be counted in these numbers. There's no way. I I, I don't think so either, but it's like weird to just see like... Bebop doing 700 at 430. Yeah, like, it was really weird to see where these ratings were. And, and I mean, like, nothing went below 632,000, which is kind of like, okay. 
I, I didn't really expect that because I thought it was some of these would dip be below six hundred. So surprisingly, you did. I don't know. Okay, especially for the later. Well, we still beat well, everything from last year, so let's go through those numbers real quick. Yes, bleach. Uh, well, bleach is the only thing that last year did better. Uh, <laughs> bleach at one million. 49,000, Samurai 7, 831,000, Sins at uh, 738,000, Outrack 7, 742,000, Symbionic Titan, 662,000, Thundercats, 673,000, Brotherhood, 687,000, Brotherhood, 660,000, Standalone Complex, 628,000, Standalone Complex, 665,000, Bebop's <laughs> 587,000, and Bebop finishes off that night with 555,000, so we still beat everything except Bleach. Not yes. by much. And this weekend is not... Yeah, this weekend kind of looks like last weekend with just the weird numbers, so maybe this weekend Even just weirder. sucks. No, this <laughs> past weekend was smoking weed and drinking. I don't know. Maybe it has to do with uh, midterms and whatnot. Who knows? It was still just... Uh, well, this weekend just, just sucks. peculiar. Makes me miss the summer. Summer. But obviously, on the eighteen to forty-nine, there were like almost everything was a point four, which is good. Yeah. So, so hey. hooray! We know yeah. where Tanami shines the summer. <laughs> yeah, but we so, know it's strong. We know it's strong. Summer. Yeah, though it was oddly good around late winter when people were off of school then too. So, so we'll see those just, numbers go back up in a bit. When One Piece is in good episodes. <laughs> Yay. Well, we're in good episodes right now. I mean, people were fucking... Well, we are, but... Yeah, people were fucking crazy we're over in... that shit. Oh, yeah, baby. One so Piece will start doing better. So, I hope uh, so. I hope so, too, man. Because uh, it deserves it more than any other show. Besides that GPX. Um, so, very quickly, going through the trends. Uh, yes. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, worldwide and U.S. Yay! Uh, and very quickly, the character trends. Neji from Naruto. Team Satomi. Let's win! Ho, ho, ho! From IGPX. It's not a yeah, Santa yeah. Claus joke. Uh, no, it's a pimp <laughs> joke. <laughs> he <laughs> never stop. Uh, those are in the US, and we will never stop. Uh, Hinata from Naruto. Uh, also trended. Luffy trended worldwide. Uh, Team Satomi trended yeah. worldwide. Blackstar did not trend. I'm kind of happy about that. But he wasn't in this episode very much. Well, he didn't do anything really. Sweet. Well, he's a big guy <laughs> after all. Yep, he, was, uh, yeah, he was there. That's all that matters. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we did, I, you know, we did really good this weekend. A perfect trend. And uh, Toonami had a, Toonami, of course, did worldwide and U.S. And everything is right with the world. Yes, it is. And uh, yeah, so perfect. So, so perfect. Clean. IGPX Shh, ended watch. though. Stop with the whispering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not leaving. Yeah, it's not leaving. It's still going to four thirty, which yep. uh, I guess brings us to our, our kind of our next thing, which is the Fully Cooley promo. Yay! Which William Street knocked out of the park because it's the best thing they know how to make. Yes. Seriously. Seriously, <laughs> they. They know how to make fully Cooley promos. Just awesome. They've never made a bad one. Go look through them. Yeah. Yeah, really. Go look through them. <laughs> Pause the podcast to go look through it. And they apparently make uh, Ghost in the Shell ones, too? No, that was me. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, that was me. Uh, I hate 
put that up? Because I figured, you know, because I knew they were going to do a Fully Cooly promo. I was betting that they were going to do a Fully Cooly promo from Obviously. like two weeks ago. I was betting on that one. Um, because I know they love the show. And if it wasn't going to be a Fully Cooly promo, it was probably going to be a lineup promo, which I doubted. Mm-hmm. Well, so, lineup will probably be next week. Yeah, I think. They usually do the lineup promos when they have a. When they change the lineup. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we'll probably see one next week. Um, well, this week, technically. This week, technically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Did anybody watch Adult Swim tonight? No, because we're we're doing this right now. We're recording. <laughs> recording this. I am recording China, Illinois, though, so I will yeah. go through that. Who knows? China, Sometimes it pop up on Monday, though. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, so uh, Fully Cooley got a promo. Ghost in the Shell, I made a promo because I knew Fully Cooley was getting a promo. And I wanted to promote the fact that another show is coming. And they're not going to promote a show that's coming at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I'll do it for them. And they should take it and put it up. No, that's a waste of air time. <laughs> they should do it anyway. It's a waste of air Shut time. Shut up, Daniel. They could waste their air time for you. Anyways. They can, if they want to hire me, sure, but not put it up for free. <laughs> <laughs> they work See, for But free. Jose, they don't get paid for it either. Yeah, but they have full-time jobs. Fucking hire me. I could use a full-time <laughs> job. Yeah, but if you were on Toonami, you wouldn't get paid. Oh yeah, I, I I just want to work at Adult Swim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think you guys are missing the We're fact that they all work at Adult Swim. I know that. I'm just being an ass, though. Okay. None of us are missing so um, the, next, the last piece of news. I don't know why this is news, but uh, it's not. Re- I I don't think we should call it news. It's just these shows are leaving, and they're leaving one of them specifically for a pretty long time. Uh, well, IGPX had its finale last night. Uh, oh, yeah. And it was awesome, and I'm glad. I, on Twitter, it was the first time I'd really ever seen people kind of excited about IGPX. It was really weird to look at. I was like, usually nobody's tweeting about this show. What the fuck? Where were you all 26 weeks ago? <laughs> 25 weeks ago? <laughs> usually the drinks. same place they was with Samurai 7, dude. Nowhere. Yep. Well, when the Kashiro got denied the pussy... Then they got interested. It's always better at the end. <laughs> um, so people people tuning into IGPX, thank you. Uh, I had a lot of fun tweeting with y'all last night, uh, sharing some fun facts and whatnot. But uh, the and then Big O ended, which it ended. Whatever, it's Big O. <laughs> That's it's an Big ending. O. That's an ending. Um, it's a great ending, but at the same time, just kind of like they own that show. It'll be back. The one I'm, oh, yeah. the one we're kind of mourning here is Cowboy Bebop, uh, because they oh, have cool. in fact lost the rights. Uh, oh, and I'm surprised you didn't make a video for that actually, because it was too late. Um, and it was good. <laughs> I didn't want it to like air the same night as Bebop. I was just like, no, it's too late. Uh, and I already had done the IGPX promo, so I had to pick. So I chose. But it's okay. Time. Cowboy Bebop always goes out with a bang. Yeah, really didn't need a promo. Because people, people fucking know. See you later, Space Cowboy. Yep. You're going to carry no, that weight. you're going to carry that weight. No, I don't want to carry that weight because that makes me sound like a drug dealer, damn it. But we should get to why actually Bebop ending is kind of important. This time, while Toonami says it's going to come back, we actually have no guarantee it's going to come back. They have officially lost the rights to Bebop. Uh, their, yes. their rights with Bondi Entertainment have, in fact, expired. Um, and Funimation, now that they have the show, 
and they are going to be putting it on Blu-ray and DVD and digitally. Uh, it's it's up in the air. They have to go back to Funimation and renegotiate those rights. And I'm, I'm, look, they're going to get it. Like frankly, well, they're obviously going to probably going to get it. But my fear for Cowboy is probably how they can't get Dragon Ball Z. It's either too popular and Funimation might overprice you know Cowboy. No. Motherfucker, um, you say one more goddamn thing about DBZ on this fucking no, podcast. I'm just giving an example. <laughs> this is I'm a 26-episode ex- show versus a several hundred episodes. 291. Right. Sorry. I, <laughs> to be, I'm yeah. so sad I know that, but it's 291. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, such as the popular, it's still a popular series, and they say that the popular it is, it's harder to get. I don't think it's as popular as Dragon Ball Z, though. Let's let's be Whoa. let's face facts. No, and I don't mean, and I don't mean in like. Okay, let me. That depends let me, on the audience you're asking. Hold on, guys. Right. But I, I think we're forgetting something here. This is yeah. Bebop. This is a show that Adult Swim. Started. Loves. With no, you you and don't loves. understand. Even Mike Lazo is gonna want this back. Yeah. Yeah, they're oh, gonna. They will be back. They'll find no. the money somewhere. They're gonna get Bebop back. It's not gonna and, stay off the. And air. I want to stress something, because people are probably gonna bitch that oh they shouldn't get Bebop back. They should spend that money on new shows. You have to understand something. If they spend a lot of money on Cowboy Bebop, it's money that is just because it is Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> and it. This is the only show I would see them being like, whatever you want, we'll pay it. Because we yeah. just need to have Bebop back. We can't be Adult Swim. Adult Swim isn't complete without Bebop. It just isn't. Whether it's on Toonami or regular Adult Swim, Bebop is one of those shows that just needs to be on Adult Swim. It just needs to be. Well, uh, my, my only fear... Disagree and, not, <laughs> and my agree. Only, <laughs> my only fear when they bring it back is like because it's got this you know, new high quality to it, so to speak, like it's, I, I almost feel like they may try to put it in a slot that it shouldn't be. They're still going to put I, it at four a.m. <laughs> I hope yeah, they just put it at four. But if they put it up yeah, higher, I think I'm it might go, make it into the three-ish hour because it's HD. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, I don't probably, time, they'll anyway. probably keep it along with the HD tracks that they have. I, I just don't want to show. I just don't want it to show HD up in like track. the two o'clock hour because I don't think that's fair. To be honest with you, well, people will not hire it too. It is fair. It is fair because it's Bebop. Oh, okay, wait a minute. You wait know why minute, it's fair? It's Bebop. Let me take this back. Let me take Bebop. this back. Let me take it back. If it shows up in the two o'clock slot when we've expanded Tsunami, then I'm good with it. But we're not well, even there. It probably so. wouldn't be two o'clock. It would probably be two thirty at the earliest. Oh well, yeah. Hell, obviously. they could put it on at five o'clock in the afternoon. I don't give a shit. They just need to put it back on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. And and it looks like they could probably play it completely uncensored because it sounds like they can use the S bomb now. Well, mm. that and yeah, I mean, like it's it's been a while since Bebop because these are the same tapes from two thousand and one. For God's sakes, they've been mm. running these same episodes, the same edited episodes, over and over again. If they get new HD masters, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're either going to have to go in and redo all those edits or uncut Bebop, just uncut. Yeah, because it's. Yep. Come on, you gave us Uncut Naruto, give us some Uncut Bebop. Because at this point, oh. there's nothing in Bebop that can't air on Adult Swim. Back in 2001, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have said any. I would have been like, yep, those edits needed to happen. Today, there's nothing in Bebop that needs to be cut out. Nothing. God, I'm still I'm still mad at Naruto Uncut, dude. Seriously. The one scene I wanted to see where Uncle licked the blood out of Naruto's face. 
They didn't show it, damn it. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but I think what? that I what? think that was the distributor though. That was still uh, oh, um, no, that was um, I, think, I think I know what you're talking about, and it's it's not Viz's fault, it's not Adult Swim's fault, it's Japan's fault. They took it out of the DVD version. It was only in the broadcast version and it's never been seen since. Ah It hurts my feelings though, man. That was just like that one thing I was waiting to see. <laughs> so, so it is uncut Naruto. It's the way it's supposed to be seen, according to the directors and Studio Perot. That's uncut. Uh, but you know, they took it out of the broadcast version. That's not Viz's fault. That's not Adult Swim's fault. They didn't actually. Cut it's usually anything. the other way around. They would kind of add stuff in the DVD version as opposed to take it out. Yeah. So that's that's what she said. But okay. uh, so <laughs> that is what Onko said. Thanks. So uh, blame Studio Perot. Okay, I will. Speaking of Studio Perro, uh, real quick tangent. Oh, God. What the fuck hey. was up with Bleach last night? It was amazing. <laughs> oh, you heard that, people. He said it was amazing. Wait, is this Jose? Yeah, yeah they put, some, 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 put some talent behind the Seriously, episodes. like, whoever that animation director is, don't fire that dude. I, I know <laughs> I've already, everybody's already told me, yes, Bleach is canceled, but... Whoever whoever was the animation director of that episode canceled. Holy shit, dude. That was like I have no idea what was going on, but if Bleach was that consistently pretty, holy shit, I wouldn't care. I really <laughs> wouldn't care. Bleach is not Jose just like a pretty show. Bleach he is not Jarrell, Bleach has not looked this good at all since I've started watching. This episode, it's just like, look at all this shit we can do. And I'm like, where's this been? <laughs> <laughs> it's been there. It's been there. It's been, been hiding. It's been hiding. Because like, because yeah. like, even the, this. I know this is filler because everybody keeps telling me it's filler. But it's filler. this filler episode looks better than some of those canon episodes. That actually all it's those canon episodes. It. it looks better than all of them. I like this episode, but man, there was a real lack of boobs last night. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's kind of I sad s- that they actually put a lot of effort into these episodes as the show was kind of dying in Japan. Yeah. You need I more. mean, it's a it was a saving throw, I imagine, but kind of seems like a waste now. But, Shut uh, up, Sketch. Yeah. I'm a... Uh, if it continues hey, to be... got some pretty looking bleach. Seriously, like, if it continues to be this pretty looking... <laughs> uh, bleach, bleach may be something I don't dread anymore. I might just Uh-oh. like... Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Jose, Jose, Jose you do realize you're going to Jarrell's house, right? <laughs> are are you, you guys are acting like I'm insulting Bleach here? No, you're not. I love you, Jose. I'm actually I giving had, it a I knew you had the capacity to like Bleach. He's actually giving Bleach compliments. Well, no, he is. Only but he's the also giving them backhanded. <laughs> he's only backhanded. Nothing I've said has been backhanded so far. So, so far, I have <laughs> look. I don't. I really don't know what's going on in the show, and I, I, I genuinely don't care. But if the show continues to be this pretty, Bleach will not be something I dread every week anymore. Like it's just, it'll be something I can look at, turn my brain off, and just be like, at least it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Being that, that is you, Jose. I not good that. advice for relationships. Yeah, that's not, again <laughs> for television. It's fine. Like, take it's the totally compliment, TV show. Women don't take that shit. Stand up to your man. There's no women who listen to this podcast. Um, so anyways, um, well, there is one woman that listens. To I'm, podcast. Joking. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. Stand correct. I'm Jose. joking. World. That doesn't. Wait, I don't think Paul was talking about Darrell's mom. 
I hope that's what we was talking about. Well, I was talking about my girlfriend, but other than uh, that. That's a counter. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Count at one. Count at one. So, uh, anyways, Bleach is pretty. Uh, please, and, and it makes Naruto look really ugly after that. Because yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it's really unfair oh, to compare because uh, Nar- that Naruto's episode from like ten years ago. The next episode of Naruto is Okay, three people just talked over each other. One more time. Let's try this again. Sure. Naruto <laughs> looks uh, really, really ugly, but it's unfair to compare because it's an episode from ten years ago. That's true. Yeah. Uh, maybe I guess maybe since Bleach is looking so pretty, <laughs> baited ratings are hurting because of it. <laughs> that would suck. Well, yes, it would. That means Bleach has to go back to crapo vision to get ratings. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too good for itself to be on television. Uh, anyways, but uh, Sketch, you were saying something real quick. Oh, uh, I was saying the uh, next episode of Naruto is super intense. Yep. Oh yeah, and that's, actually, that's the air fight, right? Regarding Toonami, I was amazed when I saw it edited for Toonami, the amount of violence they left in that. So, but now... Yeah, you're going to see the whole... The whole bar. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. The it's... gloves are coming off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, like, the original Naruto broadcast, you're right, they left a lot in there. There was a lot just left this in. This particular fight, I was astonished because they showed Hinata... You know, bleeding, and then Naruto like touched the, the blood, and you know they're usually pretty squeamish about blood and like coughing up blood, especially. So I was pretty blown away. Dude, in this day and age, man, kids see coughing up blood as a just a regular part of life nowadays. Yeah, but you have to remember this was like five or so years ago. Yeah, this. Yeah, was... I know. And that wasn't Adult Swim either. Yeah, it was. It was straight up tsunami. Yeah, and it was like. It was rated PGV, but still. Still, yeah, it was pretty intense for what it was. Um, yeah. And it, and, and it aired, like, outside of Toonami. It did air, like, on Cartoon Network proper. Actually, I think that, that episode re-aired early in the morning on one of those marathons. <laughs> yeah. The hundo. <laughs> so, Never do that again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Naruto's going to get pretty violent. I mean, to be fair, Naruto's not exactly the most violent show in the world. Uh, no, but no. for Toonami standards back then, is, you know, yeah. So we still got a shot at guns, people. Um. So do we have any yeah. other com? Oh yeah, I wanted to get on Sword Art real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was what are you so- gonna say about Sword Art? It was so ridiculous. It was pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the hate mail, baby. I know. This, this was the oh, first no, time. I completely understand anybody who thought that episode was stupid because it was. It was really stupid. So was the episode before it. Yeah. They were these two episodes. <laughs> so, these two episodes every really made episode me mad. Even before that. <laughs> but but the next two are good. Like oh, these two episodes good. really just for the first time in Sword Art, I actually like had a reaction to it. Like, like a genuine like anger reaction because usually sword art just makes me like, eh, okay, emo. No, it doesn't make me emo. It just makes me like emo, go, yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> I I have a feeling you guys don't know what emo means. You no, just... many of these guys don't. But anyway, let's move on. But uh, the yeah, these that that Yui thing that was dumb as shit. Oh man, 
<sighs> that was the why line. would you why would you what? they could have escaped the game right there <laughs> yeah seriously you could have been like wait you're the game you feel sorry for us how about if you feel so sorry for us how about letting everybody go like, no, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. <laughs> no, more importantly, when Kirito was, like, messing around with the console, I was like, dude, why are you trying to save an AI? Why don't you just get out of the game? Because he wants... No, I have to save my digital child. A uh, storyline, and it's... it's okay, the, really, the really truth bad. is, this. I believe this storyline happened in kind of side storybook, so they couldn't change what happened in the storyline, so it, you have to keep writing in these stupid reasons why they don't escape from the game. It's kind of one of the big problems with Sword Art. The thing <laughs> is, you know, everybody's, everybody's seen, like, the AI becoming human thing before. I mean, Ghost in the Shell obviously is going to be doing it next week, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Blade Runner has been doing it for a long time, for 25 plus years, or 30 years, actually, at this point. Uh, you know, it's in countless science fiction. Never have I seen it so poorly done and so fucking boring. This is a big idea, and they wasted it on this, like, I want to be your daughter. I'm like, fuck you. It's like the stork didn't come knocking at my door. Seriously. Get the like, fuck out of uh, my door. Like, you were really pissed off about I'm this. I'm sorry. Jesus this Christ. one really pissed me off because I'm a big fan of that type of storytelling, and it was just poorly done. It was incredibly poorly done. Um, Yui is one of the dude, even being drunk, I could not appreciate this. <laughs> I could not appreciate this, even though I was drinking. I enjoy a lot about sword art, but Yui, no. So uh, those episodes, Give me my dot hack. <laughs> those uh, she does have some minor redeeming qualities. No, she has none. I I really thought she well, was. Well, you haven't seen them yet. Spoiler. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, great! She comes back. Fucking yeah, awesome. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you haven't escaped Yui yet. Oh God! I hope she, all I'm gonna say. I hope she I'm kills everybody. I, that's the only way to redeem that character. She has to kill oh, everyone God. in the game. <laughs> anyway, and smile and laugh while she does exactly. it. Exactly, and just and then self destruct and blow up, and the show's over. Interesting. <laughs> so basically, Darrell takes over her AI. Is that what you're saying? No. Sword Art Online would actually be interesting then. (laughs) You know me, man. As a tiny Asian-looking girl. um, (laughs) I can pull it off. Totally bastard Sword Art. Yeah, sorry Sword Art fans, but this one one really didn't do it for me. This one was like really... It's a bad episode. Admit it. It's a bad episode. It's just poorly written. It is now my favorite show. Still, we'll now call it suck ass online. <laughs> no, you can't call it that quite yet. <laughs> Those episodes were suck ass, and you know it. Yeah, they were. They were really bad. Yes, they were. They were. Just those two episodes, I'll say suck ass online. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, the previous episode, it was okay when it was just Asuna and Kirito, you know, being lovey dovey, and then the stupid Yui shows up. I was like, damn. It's like, damn, Kiri. Put your hand on the ass, Even dude. That was a little weird, least scripted. But oh, oh yeah, it's very awkwardly scripted. Look, the like, whole show is awkwardly scripted, but I blame that one on the Japanese. I believe that show is actually going through puberty for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we. Hey, let's talk about One Piece for a second, because I have to. I have to say, one of the things that I absolutely love about One Piece is when Luffy loses that fight. If this was any other show. 
he would have been all brooding and sad and like, I'm not a good enough fighter. I couldn't help my friends. No, afterwards, he's just laughing and joking because that's what Luffy do. Well, I love that he's making fun of the fact that he did get frozen. He's just like, guys, yeah, look, I got frozen. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Luffy is so awesome. Luffy is oh, awesome. God. You, know, you gotta love Luffy, that's man. That's he's dumb. like, He's like the dumbest motherfucker you could ever like in your life. He's so lovable, though. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing you could say that you can't love that character. I mean, I, I know Nami was, like, freaking out, but that chick needs to chill. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she's quite the fiery redhead, but she needs to cool down a, a little bit. I like my Nami. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe if Zoro put the D on the man, she'll cool out. <laughs> I mean... But you know, you don't want uh, no Zoro. at the end of the day, I mean, Luffy is just gonna let his, you know, gum gum pistol just like a fucking Gatling gun off, man, and just beat up Aokiji. It's gonna be like a hailstorm of punches. That's another pun. But not this time. But not this time. No, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> not this episode. Not this time. <laughs> Swing and a miss. No, no, I I hit that one. Anyways, um. So I think that's kind of it. Let's yeah. go ahead and get into. Uh... Well, let's go to a commercial break, and then when we come back, we have the interview with Crispy. Can I be on it? No. Do you like the anime Fairy Tale? Then join the Fairy Tale gang for a scavenger hunt to celebrate the upcoming release of Fairy Tale the movie, The Phoenix Priestess. Each week, get an all-new movie-related download free of charge, followed by a final big freebie on November 30th. So how can you join? It's simple. Text FAIRYTALE, all one word, to 99000 so you can be one of the first to know where to go. The hunt starts in early October, so sign up now. You can also keep an eye on Funimation.com the first week of October for updates. Check back every Saturday to learn where you need to go to get your digital Fairy Tale the Movie swag. To get other updates from Funimation, make sure to go to funi.to slash online sign up and sign up for text alerts about what's coming next from Funimation. Standard message and data rates apply. Fairy Tale the Movie, The Phoenix Priestess, releasing December 10th, 2013, only from Funimation. You should be watching. Alex, yo, man, you okay? Oh, oh, what's up, girl? What's yeah, up, man, what the hell you been doing? Smoking something? <laughs> no, no, I'm just worried about Sunday. Huh? Man, you've got absolutely nothing to worry about, man. You got me, you got all the kids. We're going to help your ass out, man. So you're paying me, right? Hey, everybody, we have a very special guest this week. Uh, all the way from Titmouse. Please introduce yourself, sir. Hey, I'm Chris P. How's it going? Great, and we're very, very thankful that you could join us here tonight. Awesome. I am glad to be joining you. Sweet, and we have a we have a couple of questions here that we'll, we'll hope to get through uh, tonight. And uh, first things first, we want to know uh, what what is your position over at Titmouse for the people who don't know. Uh, well, it's my company. Uh, my wife and I uh, founded it and run it, so it's like a mom and pop shop. So I guess I'm the owner, but I do many jobs there, uh, all sorts of different kinds of jobs. Cool. And uh, can we get some backstory on, on how you got your start in this industry? Yeah. yeah I'm trying to think of the, the uh, 
the quickest way that's interesting to you guys. Uh, I guess, you know, I went to the School of Visual Arts in New York, and then I, uh, I uh, you know, what's interesting, actually, I, I had a job. One of the first, like, paying gigs I had, I was working for a company called Vanguard Media that um, uh, we were doing something at the time that was a big, there's a lot of work in called CD-ROMs, and I was working on a CD-ROM for a uh, uh, series called project echo yeah i don't know if you know those films oh yeah it's actually uh i think i have those dvds still yeah that's a blew my mind because i had you know grown up with certain you know anime so you know the internet that was this is like a early early to mid 90s so you know the internet was like really in its infancy so you know i hadn't ever seen anything like that you know there's these crazy scenes where she's running on missiles and stuff that have been you know, kind of, I always show this stuff to the guys in the studio and I'm like, you want to see what the stuff that you like is based on? Look at this. But um, anyway, it was cool because I got to animate some stuff for the CD-ROMs. I really had to study, you know, these ACO, BCO, CCO designs and uh, get into it. Um, so that was one of the first gigs I had and I continued to do freelance and then ended up uh, getting a gig at MTV right, right as I kind of dovetailed out of school uh working on beavis and butthead and and the head and some shows that uh mtv were doing among other like kind of freelancey jobs and then just kind of kept on rolling so uh i don't know if that answers your question <laughs> hopefully it does well actually that brings us to exactly where i wanted to come to next which is downtown you're at mtv at this point how did you get to yeah. uh do downtown because downtown's kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. This guy, uh, Eric Calderon, who uh, was one of the development guys there, he kind of, my, my, my cubicle was kind of near where he's at, and he was, uh, you know, always looked at my sketchbook, and he's like, yeah, you should pitch something. So I pitched a couple things. I'd actually done a couple pilots there uh, before downtown, um, and downtown was one where I was just like, I had a student film where, uh, you know, I'd, it was kind of these kids hanging out and then these old, they go to an old folks home and people tell stories. And I was like, ah, this sounds kind of like the thing that maybe MTV might want to go for something a little bit more. The other shows I'd pitch were a little bit more doofy and cartoony. And I was like, this one is a, might, might be something they're into. So the initial concept was, uh, uh, you know, uh, going out on the street and recording people's real audio, uh, and then animating to it. And that's what we kind of did for the pilot. And then as it got greenlit in the series, you know, there's a lot of things that happen when you make a TV show and especially for a big network. And then they're like, ah, well, you maybe you should write scripts and cast people and all these things. So it ended up evolving, which is part of the development process. But um, yeah, uh, what's interesting is Eric Calderon, who I met at MTV, you know, still a friend of mine. And uh, he, uh, was one of the executive producers on Afro Samurai, and that's how we ended up working on that, among other things with him. Uh, another thing that might be interesting to you guys. Um, now, unfortunately, downtown's a little hard to get your hands on, but you used to, you, I, I don't know if you still do this, but you actually used to run the, uh, the DVD campaign uh, where we would donate 25 bucks, and you would actually yeah, send us exactly. that. That's not, that's not going anymore, is it? I do still have some of those left, you know, that's my like kind of a bland and abandoned blog, but, uh, you can, <laughs> that part still works for anybody who still wants one. You can oh, still yeah. go there. Yeah. We'll send them out to anybody. We don't charge shipping and handling. It's just like, it's basically the way I put it is your, your, you know, 
you're not paying for the show. <laughs> you're paying for the kind of like cool DVD with, you know, has an old reel and some other stuff. And uh, the show happens to be on it. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's kind of a shame that the show is kind of, I mean, it's great that we can get it on DVD, but it's it's kind of a shame that the show is so inaccessible. Um, have you ever talked about to MTV about maybe doing an iTunes for it? Or what, what exactly is stopping the show from being released again? You know, I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, the, uh, you know, it was a real, it was real tough to even get Daria going because there was a thing at the time, MTV had a blanket deal with a lot of the, the uh, rec- record labels uh, because they, you know, showed music videos that they could, anything that they had on their air music wise, they could uh, use the music without paying any royalties. So we used a lot of like current music from like the late 90s in there. And now if they were to release it on iTunes or, you know, anywhere officially, they'd have to go back and pay royalties for that stuff. And uh, to go back and try and find the original unmixed episodes with the, you know, the music track separate, I think is going to be pretty tough. I don't know how well they archived that stuff back then. So they'd either have to try and find the old ones and remix them, which costs money and time, or they'd have to, you know, they'd have to pay royalties, which they don't want to do. So, you know, I think there's a lot of, I mean, you know, uh, there's probably a lot of torrents and things out there. If you really want to see it, I bet you can find it. Um, And I've got these DVDs if you want to see it the old fashioned way. Now, after downtown, uh, you were, you were kind of done with MTV and you created Titmouse. What was ultimately the goal of the studio? And do you think, You've achieved that, or, or what's left to do? Well, uh, I didn't really have a goal. Well, um, I did have a goal, which was very different than what ended up happening. Basically, I, f- I thought I would just uh, – I started Titmouse as a T-shirt company, and I thought I'd make T-shirts and sell them on the Internet. And uh, we did that a little bit, but uh, um, we still do T-shirts. We actually did a lot of T-shirts this year. Um, we did uh, the Venture Brothers Shirt Club, which uh, – it was really fun, and we're going to be doing a lot more T-shirts. But um, uh, basically, I just kept getting freelance work. You know, I was working at Cartoon Network at the time, and I would get all this freelance work. And I was repped also as a director of commercials for Klasky Chupo. So I'd get a commercial every once in a while, and then they'd need a place to do it. And so I'd take all this freelance, and I was used to from New York. I'd moved from New York to L.A. in 2000. So I was used to taking freelance when it came but then I didn't have enough time to do the freelance, so I had to hire a friend and hire another friend and and then rent a room and then rent a bigger room. And then, you know, it just eventually became a studio. Basically, the first job that we did as a studio was this movie called Freddy Got Fingered. This is Tom Green movie. And uh, 20th Century Fox basically hired me to do it. And then they're like, well, what is your production company? And I was like, I don't have a production company. I'm just a dude. And they're like, we can't hire a dude. We need somebody with production insurance. So I was like, well, I have this company, Titmouse. And, you know, they checked it and it had a bank account and was incorporated. So they're like, okay, I guess that checks out. And that's the first job that we ran through. And then we started using that as a, as a entity to run the jobs through. And then it just gradually became an animation studio. Now, these days, there's there's not so many animation studios here in the states, but of the ones left, I guess. How how does Titmouse differ from other animation studios? You feel? Oh, we're kind of an anomaly because we're kind of like a we're a 
big small studio like we're nowhere near like you know the big studios but we're bigger than a lot of the small studios and one of the things that we do is we try to do a lot of animation in-house when we can like we've done you know a lot of the shows we're doing you know a doomstar requiem which is the metalocalypse uh rock opera which we're delivering tomorrow uh you know it's all animated in-house and uh china illinois is in-house super gels in-house uh king star king which is a new show we're doing for adult swim is in-house uh turbo which is a dreamworks uh show we're doing is in-house um, motor city which we did last year was in-house uh you know uh venture brothers we ship and uh you know certain other things like randy cunningham ninth grade ninja uh that's a uh, one we shipped to ireland for the animation um so we kind of we do every show is different every show has its own pipeline and when we can when the network lets us and when the budget allows for it we like to we like to animate which really there's not a lot of studios that do that you know the cg guys like feature guys they have animation in house even some of that's getting shipped now and uh some like like really simple like puppety shows get animated in house but uh you know we're kind of a unique situation as far as doing a lot of animation uh, hopefully that answers your question it's actually a very good <laughs> uh, answer and a very good i guess tend to yeah go off on tangents so forgive me believe me you're on the correct That's... show to go off on tangents yes you are yes you are now uh if i'm not mistaken mega XLR was the first original series for titmouse that went to cartoon network uh, how was your experience working with Cartoon Network at that point, uh, you know, with, with your own studio instead of working with like MTV or, uh, in-house? Well, that was, that's a little, that one's kind of, it wasn't technically all at Titmouse. We did certain aspects of it at Titmouse, but we did do a lot of it at Cartoon Network proper and Burbank. But George Christick and Jody Schaefer, who were two of my friends from college who also worked on downtown with me um you know they had created a trailer which they pitched at cartoon network and then uh linda zemanski who was the executive at the time uh was asking me to pitch a show and she was like hey would you direct these guys show and i was like absolutely because they're my friends and i'd already been helping them out with the pitch and then the contribution that i made that i think was the most significant in that stage was um, uh, they had had Coop and Jamie basically in Megas's chest playing, uh, you know, controlling him with video game controllers. And I'm kind of like a, a car guy. I'd grown up going to a lot of car shows and stuff and being around guys who do restore cars. So I was like, why don't we make his head an old custom car? And, uh, I feel like that was a cool contribution to the show. And then when we went forward, we did, you know, a lot of the work at Tip Mouse, the main titles and a lot of the pre-work. We did all our creative retakes at Tip Mouse, but the main production was run out of Cartoon Network, which is a great studio. I really like those guys. I mean, they're one of the big studios that gets it right and really keeps the artist's creative vision in mind. They went through a, a bad time maybe about three or four years ago where they kind of lost sight of that, but they're, they're, they're right back on it now. Before, before I get to my next question, I actually want to stay on Megas real quick. Uh, George Christick, who's been on the show now, he's a friend of the show. He's talked yeah. about, yeah. you know, getting the show back for Titmouse. 
Um, yeah. It has, it, we, we had him on just like a month ago, so I feel a little weird asking this already. But is there <laughs> yeah. any product uh, progress on that? Man, I'll tell you, we've been we've been going around in circles. That here here's the the straight dope, and I'm not sure exactly what I'm allowed to say about it. But I'll just say it, and you know, hopefully hopefully it's not gonna get anyone in trouble. But basically, um, the show from an accountant, uh, like a basically from a business standpoint, at a certain point they de- they decide to declare the show at a loss if they want to shut it down and get a tax break on it. Like basically they could say, Hey, we've lost money on this show. Uh, and if they were to air the show again or to reboot it in any way, they would have to open up those books again. And, you know, potentially if they were to start making money on it, it would no longer be a loss. So the business affairs folks, I don't think are very, you know, they're reluctant to, to push very far. There's not as much interest at the network really there. I think there's a couple of different ways it could happen. One would basically be us licensing the, the IP back and producing it entirely differently, uh, like without Cartoon Network's involvement. But even that's a huge step because even though they declared it as a loss, if they sold it to us, then they would make money on it. And I don't think they'll give it to us for free. So it's kind of this weird, like, legal accountant situation. Now, we have talked to him about, you know, it's funny. A few years ago, we talked to him about licensing the existing episodes. um, And that was a conversation that was opening up. But now I feel like DVD is not as big a market as it used to be. And as you guys probably know, the stuff's kind of out there. Like, it's already been ripped and posted. So there's it kind of, if you want to see it, you can find a way to see it. Um. The only thing that we might be able to get across, I mean, we've, we've, what we have done, and this, we've been in talks with certain uh, merchandise and gaming entities for licensing and possibly licensing individual characters from Megas and Motor City for possible use. And I, I can't say what game company. But if you check, if you go way back in my Twitter history, you might be able to see some pictures of some places and put put the pieces together. There is one hardcore Megas fan going through your Twitter feed right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it go way back. But uh, I, I think mostly what most of what you've said we know from George, I believe. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So I, I don't think you're revealing anything really new. Gotcha. All right. Well, then he could get in trouble for it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, blame George. Well, I think Jason was the one to get in trouble for it, wasn't he? Yeah, actually, J- Jason <laughs> hey, DeMarco you know, over we'll at uh, Adult Swim actually was the one who got in trouble. Yes. All right. Well, no comment. I'll let him say what he, he says. <laughs> I, I don't want to speak for him. Yeah. But he's a good guy. Um, now, you mentioned earlier that you guys worked on Avro Samurai, and I actually have an anime question here. Yes. Uh, Titmouse was involved in, in certain anime. We heard, we heard you guys worked on Avro Samurai. Uh and I heard that you worked on Redline. How is it to work with those Japanese studios from an from an animation standpoint? Is it hard? Is it difficult? It's difficult in different ways. You know, we've worked back and forth on a couple of different projects. We've worked with Madhouse. We've worked with Gonzo. We've uh, uh, we've worked with um, 
like kind of temporarily set up studios like uh, Wild Boar, which is a company that Eric Calderon, the guy previously mentioned, uh, set up. We did an entire project with him that was really interesting in that it was uh, it was for the Japanese market, entirely in Japanese, and we did the entire project in LA, basically because here's what it comes down to. And it's great, you know, Japan is a is a director's driven uh, business. It's basically their, the way that their uh, animation community is set up, the directors that can, they're almost treated like how a, a fine artist or maybe like a high-end feature film director is treated in uh, in the U.S. But, you know, U.S. TV is, is definitely like a producer driven. It's like, you know, you have your deadline, you got your budget and you got to hit it. So this one project, they really had an aggressive uh, deadline and they knew that we had done enough work in, you know, anime style things and had enough confidence in us that we could hit a style that would work in the Japanese market, but they had a really aggressive schedule. So they came to us basically because we could hit the schedule. Uh, this one is called Bataan. I think um, it's, uh, you could probably find that online too. You can at least find the trailer online. It, it was an interesting technique. You know, they shot a bunch of famous, uh, Japanese live action actors. And we did a lot of uh, rotoscope of the actors for the characters, but then we did like, you know, robots and vehicles and environments and stuff were all traditionally hand drawn. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Afro Samurai, I directed the main title sequence for Afro Samurai. So that one was weird because I was going both ways. We got the job from Gonzo, but then we direct, I, I directed it here and we did the pre-production in the US, but then they did the final animation, the key animation in, Actually, I think we, we, we keyed it. We did the key animation here, but they did the cleanup and the in-between in color there. And then I think we did the compositing here. So it was like a back and forth uh, for that. And then uh, Tommy Blacha, who's one of our writers, uh, he's one of the creators of Metalocalypse and also does the voices of uh, Toki, Murderface, and, and Dr. Roxo, if you know anything about Metalocalypse. He wrote on Afro Samurai as well. So they were doing, uh, Eric and Tommy were doing writing here at Tidmouse. Um, and Redline is an interesting one. Redline, you know, um, Mr. Moriyama and I had been, I'd showed him some early stuff on Motor City. Motor City was kicking around for a long time. I started conceiving of that when I was still on downtown. So back in 99, I had animated this little kind of like trailer in my, you know, just on my own time. Uh, before I even had a studio, really, and uh, had shown that to Mr. Moriyama. And he was like, oh, you should check out this thing we're working on. And it showed me some of Quake stuff and introduced me to him. And uh, early on, this was back in 2004, he had asked Jody Schaefer, uh, one of the creators of Megas, and I to do layouts on Redline. And we did a few things, but I don't even think anything made it into the final film because they worked on that thing for so long. Um, that one was more of just like, we were just psyched because it was fun and cool and weird. And believe it or not, at that time, uh, a lot has changed. That's, that's almost 10 years ago. And there's so much globalization in style now, but at that point, Quake was considered, his style was considered really Western. And they had a really hard time finding people in Japan who could draw in his style because they felt it was like a very American uh, design sensibility. And uh, now, you know, it's a little different. I think the French and 
Japanese and the Koreans and people from the U.S. and you know are all looking at each other stuff on Tumblr and this and that and it's, it's, it's people get each other's sensibilities a lot more easily. It's actually funny you bring up Motor City because uh, you know uh, Motor City is actually our next question. Uh, how did how did that get started at Disney and uh, do they know about Redline by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> the um, well, yeah, like I said, I mean, Mr. Moriyama saw. Red line or saw Motor City even, you know, my first, you know, very early versions of it, you know, kind of pre Red Line. And I'd seen a lot of Red Line pre, you know, the Disney iteration of Motor City. So we were on cahoots, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, we're all influencing each other as we progress. And uh, Disney, I don't think, has much of a awareness of redline but certainly all the artists did you know and as we were working on it you know that i think was released while we were in production i think or maybe slightly slightly after we had launched i can't remember the timeline now um There's some somewhere in there i i think redline had been released in japan already but it hadn't actually come out here till like yeah two months after motor city had premiered so yeah so we we're we we're on a pretty similar timeline I think, yeah. but, um, yeah, I mean, I love it. It's amazing. You know, it's like, it's so good. It's so such a high drawing count. It's unbelievable. I mean, quick is insane in a good way. Yeah. But, uh, back to, back to the question, motor city, uh, how did, how did you guys approach Disney or how did Disney maybe approach you guys for, for the project? Well, basically I had, you know, pitched it around a little bit and it, it had gone, you know, it had been optioned by MTV at one point and optioned by Spike TV at one point. Initially, I was pitching it as an adult series, and then it just never went the distance, so I shelved it for a while. And then George and I kind of wrote up a kid's version of it. I was helping him on a project, and uh, he was like, hey, I'll, I'll help you kind of reconfigure this as a kid's pitch. And I brought it into Nickelodeon maybe around 2005 or so. And there was an executive there, Eric Coleman, who was like, this is great, but it's not going to work for Nickelodeon. Like, we don't do, like, they're like, you either have to have kids because kids, we won't do a series about driving age people. At that time, they weren't into it. So they're like, or you got to, he's like, if you make it kids, they can't drive cars. So that's going to ruin the idea. Or you got to make them something other than cars. So I was like, ah, it's not going to work. So we both agreed, like, yeah, okay. So I pretty much shelved it at that point. And then he got a job at Disney and called me and basically was like, hey, you still have that future car show? This was probably in 2008. And then I think uh, late 2008, then 2009, I think it was optioned. Then we did the pilot in 2010 and did the development you know, did the pre-pro and stuff in 2011 and they aired in 2012. So that's the timeline for that. But um, Disney's an interesting thing. I, they, I got to give them credit. Is they really let me, uh, they gave me very little uh, reins on the visual side. They were like, yeah, just go for it. Make it look cool. We did, you know, working with Disney is definitely, you definitely have to tone it down and make it way less crazy on the story side. Um, when I'd initially talked to them, I was like, well, I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really do straight action. I do kind of like almost a parody of action. I like to do something with a wink. And they were like, we don't want a wink. We want a sincere action show. So it's a little bit more sincere than I would have made it if I could make anything. But 
you know, I'm happy that they they paid for 20 half hours to be made. We got to make it, and it's cool, and I'm stoked, and it's leading to other cool stuff, and you know, and then we're gonna bring you some more cool stuff soon. So that's uh, it's it all worked out in the end to a certain degree. I mean, I would have loved to make more of them, but uh, you know, I th- basically Disney, you know, made a a high level business decision, which I get. You know, a big company has to do that where. Uh, once they acquired Marvel and Star Wars, you know, they decided to discontinue any original development. So that included Motor City, Tron, and a bunch of pilots that were really cool that nobody will ever see. <laughs> but I was looking at them and I was like, wow, those are, we're going to have a great channel. And then it got kind of, you know, went a different way. And I'm sure the new Star Wars stuff is going to be cool and the new Marvel stuff is going to be cool. So, you know, there'll be other cool stuff to look at. Um. Now, Motor City is a very nice-looking show, and, and a lot of the stuff that comes out of Titmouse I think is very cool-looking, but what surprises me is when I hear that you guys use Flash. And when, mm, when I think about yeah. it, like what, what makes Flash so appealing to you guys, and, and what, what do you think makes it so appealing to so many animators? You know what? Nothing. Really, it's a piece of crap. <laughs> it's really just that it's cheap and everybody knows it. And we've been able to force it. Like we've just been, we did a, a small experiment in the video games a couple of years ago. We started a little video game division and had some programmers and stuff. And uh, it didn't really get off the ground. But what we did learn is programmers can write scripts and can make things. And if a program doesn't do stuff that you want it to do and has the ability to have scripts written for it and plugins written for it then you can make it do stuff so we've written a lot of things that make flash better than the way it works out of the box but i gotta say it's still not great i wish it had better brushes i wish it had a lot of things i wish it didn't crash as much it's it also gets progressively worse you know it's like they're you know they released what's essentially flash cs7 but they're calling it something else now and we still use CS3 because CS4, 5, 6, and they just get progressively – they get better for making websites and doing stuff, but they get worse for doing animation. They take away features that we use and add stuff that we can care about. So, uh, you know, we're back burnering with a couple other small studios just kind of chipping away at our own animation software too. Um, and there's some other options out there. You know, there's like, you know, I mean, Toon Boom – which we use uh, Storyboard Pro. Uh, they have, you know, Animate and Harmony and their different lines of things, which which are fine, but they're still not exactly what we need. It's not worth it. Like, if we weren't already using Flash, I'd probably be using Harmony, but it's not worth it. It's not so much better that it's worth switching for. And then there's stuff like Redis or, you know, these ones that are more based on an older paper-based way of, of doing things, which the, the good thing about, it's really the Cintiq, you know, the the screen that you could draw on that, that changed everything because once you could draw directly on the screen and you've got a timeline and you can muss around with the, with the timing of the animation, that's, that's what made it really appealing. And that's what killed paper for us. And that's, what's essentially killing paper in the U S and it's starting to make its way overseas too. Like, um, I was just over in Korea, uh, three or four weeks ago and they're still largely paper based, but there's a couple studios getting on board with Cintiq. So I think it's going to change. Uh, overall, um, the Japanese studios are a little little r- reluctant because they've got a really firm tradition in drawing on paper. But I think it's eventually going to get there. Actually, uh, Japan I think is done with with cells. They're done. Uh, so- oh, cells for sure. But um, 
but the drawing still largely happens on paper. So like for storyboards but, and stuff like that? Well, just even the animation key oh. drawings, you know, we draw them on the computer, you know, whereas a lot of, I mean, pretty much most 2D studios in Japan still, you know, draw the animation on paper. Then it's scanned and digitally and painted and composited digitally. Everybody's doing that. I don't think anybody's shooting on an Oxford anymore. Maybe more like art people, like, you know, for production, it doesn't make as much sense. Um, these days, ah. I I just learned a lot about animation, um, yeah. <laughs> which awesome. is always good because there's a lot. Yeah, of- Jose got a lesson. Yeah, no, I I love learning about this stuff, man. Because I, I I'm not an animator myself. I I I'm an editor. I I do that live action. <laughs> oh, right on. Nice. Um. So, and, and I I want to compliment you on this one with this next question. Um. Programs like Downtown have, have a hugely different audience than Motor City, or at least they're sure. targeted at different audiences. How difficult is it yeah. to like direct something for children and, and still uh, and make it make it not dumbed down? You know, and I and I think a lot of the Titmouse productions actually have that quality. So hats off. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, maybe we should get better at dumbing it down because our kids shows keep getting canceled. <laughs> so, I, I think they have an appeal to like, I think uh, for better or worse. Um, and this is what we're trying to do when we get into this gaming space, which hopefully we'll have some announcements. I know we keep teasing you guys with this Twitter because we keep thinking it's going to happen and then it, it keeps getting delayed. But I think our it's weird. Like there's a kid's audience, right? The demo for kids stuff, if you don't know, you might know this, but whatever. Maybe your audience, this is news. But um, the, the kid's demo is basically 6 to 11, you know, shows that are made for kids. That's the demo, right? And then the adult audience, like the adult swim shows, it's basically 18 to 34. So uh, there's basically your 12 to 17-year-old that, you know, there's spill off over on either sides. But I think in a weird way, Megas and, and Motor City probably hit that demo better than they hit kids, like young kids. And unfortunately, the networks that they were made for couldn't give a crap about that demo. <laughs> like, you know, uh, that some is of the stuff, a bummer. Like, like Turbo that we're doing now um, for DreamWorks, which is a spinoff of the movie yes. that came out this summer, but has very little to do with the movie. It's kind of like if you've seen Penguins, like, you know, on, on Nick, that's kind of like a spinoff of Madagascar. It's kind yeah. of like that, where it's like it takes some of the characters. We do a totally different show. It's 2D. It actually has a lot more in common probably with Motor City than it does with the Turbo movie because it's the same crew. Everybody's working on it. That's a lot younger. That has a much younger feel. And I'll tell you something to look out for. Um, on that is we have, and this is unofficial, and I doubt this will, you know, you know, hopefully the DreamWorks folks probably won't get wind of this, but there are secret things hidden in the episodes for fans um, that we'll point out in the future for you. So there's a reason to watch that show if you're not six years old. Mm. There's uh, some references and some some secret stuff that we hide in there for, for fun. Mm. I was actually wondering something about that Turbo show. So that's going directly to Netflix. Yeah, that's being made direct for Netflix. So that's so how a, does that come about? Well, you know, basically I was approached by DreamWorks. You know, basically they, they were really uh, – Peter Gal, who's an exec. Uh, he used to be an exec at Nickelodeon and then at Fox. And uh, he ended up at DreamWorks. And he was like, hey, for this Turbo thing, uh, you know, they, he really liked Motor City. And he was like, we're going to do a special, like a – half hour special for the blu-ray uh you want to direct it you want to do it over at tim mouse i was like yeah that sounds great well, let's do it let's make it and uh 
So we started working on that and doing the development. And he was like, well, how would that look if it was a whole season, a really long season of cartoons instead? And I was like, all right, well, let's start putting together schedules and budgets. And then ultimately, you know, they revealed to us that it was for Netflix and not for a television. I assumed we were going to be doing it for Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. And then he's like, nope, we're doing it for Netflix, which is interesting. It's really cool. For us, the process isn't really much different. The only thing that's different for us is – you know, for TV, you have to deliver episodes in a way that's like a you get kind of like on a weekly or biweekly delivery schedule. And you start airing when you get a couple finished, and then you're delivering them as the show is airing. For Netflix, you do these drops where you're delivering, like you know, we're delivering like uh, I think like ten episodes at a time, so they can air like little blocks of ten. Uh, so that's cool. It's different, you know, than when it's like, you know, if you've watched House of Cards or Orange is the New Black, you know, you can kind of, if you like it, you can sit down on a Sunday and watch off the whole season in one day if you want. Right. Um, now, do you, I, I guess it's more of a general question, but with your experience with Netflix, do you think that they, they, they're they onto something here with, with that model or do you, do you still prefer Oh, television? absolutely. Okay. So that answers that. <laughs> and it's the same, in a way, it's the same but with fewer restrictions like if you wanted to we can't because we're doing a kids show but if you were to, like house of cards i mean they don't have the fcc you know they can do whatever they want right and there's also no advertisers you know, within reason i mean you know, yeah creatively yeah exactly not to worry about pissing off an advertiser there's a lot of ways to you know do a lot of creative things. And I think that's the future. You know, we've also been doing stuff for Amazon recently and they're a really good client too. You know, this Amazon prime is going to be launched in a really big way. Um, and, uh, I feel like Netflix, Amazon, other, uh, Xbox, which is, you know, we have a certain amount of Xbox coming up in our future as well. Those are ways that things are getting launched now. And I think that's, uh, you know, I mean, do you watch TV shows on your TV exclusively? I bet, you know, especially if you're under 30, you know, it's like you're probably consuming more of that stuff anywhere but a live broadcast of TV. Even if you're ultimately watching on a TV set, you might be watching it off of your DVR or off of an Xbox or off of a PlayStation, off of an Apple TV, who knows what. So I'm going to go ahead and open up to you because I've, I've been kind of hogging all the questions here. I'm going to open up to you guys. Do you have anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Sketch had a very important question to ask. Uh-oh. Well, I do, Bob, but uh, do you want to hit him with some of yours first? Um, well, I, I had one question that because I because you had said that um, in the beginning of this interview that you uh, – you work with your wife. Um, how is yeah. that experience? Oh, it's great. You know, I mean, she, you know, we met like slightly after school. She, she did go to the same school as me, but I didn't really know her. And basically she worked as a waitress with my roommate's uh, girlfriend was a bartender in the same uh, restaurant. So we started hanging out and this and that. And she was working in the photography industry, like celebrity uh, stock photography which is like basically she would go through photos like these famous photographers take like they do a photo shoot of celebrities and they deliver like a thousand photographs to 
to uh, the agency and she'd have to pick through and pick past 10 and then the photographer would yell at her because she didn't pick the right ones or whatever. And then I was working at MTV and she'd come by and she was like, wow, it looks like this is fun. Like you guys are having fun. I was like, it is fun. We're making cartoons. This is great. It's fun. I was like, you should quit your job and make cartoons like, like me, like you, because she went for painting and for film. So I was like, that's a pretty good overlap of like, you know, education to get into animation. So she started working at MTV Online doing color models. And then when we moved out here, she was a color stylist for a studio. And then she started doing production at Class Key Chupo. And then at this commercial house called Celluloid doing producing commercials like Captain Crunch commercials and stuff. And then what ended up happening is, uh, you know, kind of what I was saying in the early part of this interview, when I started uh, doing more and more freelance, we needed someone to produce the freelance work. There was like that much freelance work. So she would, I would go to work at Cartoon Network. Like I'd work at Titmouse for like two hours in the morning. And I'd go to Cartoon Network and she and our like five guys or whatever would work there all day. And then I'd come back at the end of the day and work for like two or three hours at the end of the day and just keep in touch with emails and stuff, you know, during the day. And then at a certain point she was like, you should quit your job at Cartoon Network and come work full-time at Tidmouse and I was like man that's crazy how are we gonna make money and she was like man if you quit there and focus all your attention here this will become your job so she was the one that really pushed me to do it so she had the good sense I probably would have waited a lot longer if it was, you know so uh that worked out really well <laughs> so that was good so we have her to thank for all this <laughs> yeah, <pretty much>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we did a lot of the Mega stuff. I mean, that's when I was at Cartoon Network initially, and then for the back half of Megas, I was working at Tidmouse full-time. So we were doing all the creative retakes when it came back from Korea. We would do that stuff at Tidmouse proper um, in Hollywood. So, you know, we actually did do some of the animation, especially in season two uh, in, in the States. So we were building our pipeline and stuff. And actually, we did a lot of that stuff in Flash. Um, Megas was the first, one of the first shows, definitely one of the first shows on TV where we were using Flash. We would use, them, use it sometimes for commercials and things. But uh, some of the series work mixed in there uh, is Flash, believe it or not. I was actually about to ask that. <laughs> I have this. Because <Yeah. laughs> it's on my computer. I never use it. So I'm just like, oh, but why do people use yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um a any other questions before we before we start winding this down go ahead sketch okay uh before i get to the big daddy of all questions i'm right. actually curious did you do other stuff other than megas at cartoon network uh megas was my main thing i mean i've worked on some of the other shows but not in a not in like a supervisory capacity like uh, a little bit of Dexter's Lab, a little bit of Puffy, Ami Yumi, um, but Megas was the one where I was, the, you know, directing and producing. So that that one is the one I only. That's the only one I really consider that I actually worked on. The other stuff was just. And I, uh, when I first moved out here, I had interviewed for. Uh, they had need. They needed a new art director on Powerpuff Girls, and during the interview, 
basically convinced him that I was not the right guy to art direct that. And I was talking to him. I was like, you know what? The more we talk, I think you want somebody else for this. So uh, I could have worked on that probably, but uh, didn't end up doing that. Okay. okay. Uh, Sketch, if I could ask one thing just before you ask that other question, um, sure. if you don't mind. Sure. Um, George, George, who's been on the show, actually, he's the only one that's been on, I think. No, he's not the only one that's been on twice, but um, – he was talking about this new series that you guys are pitching to Nickelodeon. Mm, yeah. And my question is, is I saw the other day that George was saying something about it's moved a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I was wondering what you could say about that show. Oof. Officially, I really can't say a lot, but, but I, I mean, has he told you, uh, has he told you anything? Uh, that's uh, funny. I just got a text from him. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Interesting. The, uh, he knows. Had, with that, uh, he—I uh, mean, it's a very similar in tone to Megas. I mean, here's one of the things I could tell you if he didn't tell you this. You know, when we were writing on Motor City, you know, he was one of the writers, and one of the notes that we would continuously get from Disney is, you know, to make sure that Mike Chilton, our our main guy, was like heroic, and he pretty much had to be a, a hero. And you know, they'd they'd say he had to be flawed, but really, the spirit of the notes when we really got him were like he really couldn't be very flawed. Like the other characters would be flawed, and to me, that's why the other characters are way more fun. And I think Reed brought a lot to that character, but you can only bring so much if it's not on the page. So George was like, for this next one, I want to make sure the hero is incredibly flawed. He's really just a total, total. Uh, He's total, totally effed up, basically. Um, so basically, we've got Shinji so Akari. So that's I don't know if he told you about that. Yeah, no. yeah, but it's got it's got a you know it's got some interesting parallels to a lot of things. It's got a character in there that'll be familiar to any of you guys who've uh, watched any of our other shows, which is cool. Like his friend, uh, his name Goat. Oh yeah, who's based on our uh, a character who's been in a lot of our shows. Who's a guy that we went to school with who. Uh, has voiced that character many times. Um, and, uh, you know, it looks like we may have an opportunity to go forward with Prodigal in a way, but it's it's certainly not a done deal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's such not a done deal that, I, I, I mean, there's not even much to speak about other than, you know, our last meeting went pretty well. Well, we don't want you to say anything that you can't say. So. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just happy goats in <laughs> it. We don't want you to get definitely in trouble with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. That makes me really happy. Yeah. I miss that, dude. Yeah, Where's yeah. my two bucks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should sue. He should sue for the giant robot. <laughs> he should. Oh, God. All right on. So uh, I think sketch, and then we're going to go ahead and I think wrap it up. Yes. Uh, yeah. So one more quick one first. Uh, I know that you know you work on a lot of stuff, so maybe it'll be hard to come up with something here. But is there a particular moment in Megas XLR that you really, really remember and really enjoyed doing? Um, <laughs> there's one that I think was a, a pretty good. One. When, when, you know, this kind of ties back to. Um, the uh you know that that theme or that topic a few questions ago about you know doing kids show but keeping them interesting for adults and really the inclusion of goat was a major win for us and uh you know the executive linda Szymanski at the time was really cool because we were upfront with her we're like hey this guy was a character in downtown we based on a real guy so it's not like like the guy goat that's his like 
essentially his name in real life. That's what he goes by. This is what he looks like. And he would do the voice. So it's almost like a guest appearance of a real guy. And she crazily and awesomely and ballsily let us include Goat as a character, even though he was already in another animated show. So uh, one of the Goat signature things in downtown is he smoked a cigarette all the time, which is what he does in real life. So we, um, uh, this is eventually leading to something specific. Um, uh, I was real happy when we came with the idea to have him uh, have a lollipop because in animation, since this is a drawing, when the lollipop's in his mouth, it kind of just looks like he has a cigarette in his mouth, which is kind of cool. So we got to retain that cigarette thing. That's what certain so we, anime editors think. Exactly. So we've got Goat essentially looking like he's smoking a cigarette. And then the one moment that I'm like, how do we get away with this in a kid's show is, uh, you know, he's in his junkyard and uh, Kiva is battling an alien in one of the episodes of the first season. Um and uh, they had just had this like epic base fight around Jersey City, and they end up uh, in the final culmination of their battle. So it's basically these two like hot girls fighting, and Goat sees them, and he pulls up a lawn chair and gets out his video camera. He just basically sits there in a lawn chair, <laughs> videotaping them fighting, presumably for his later use. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I was just happy that we somehow got that through. I think that was the DMV episode. That's yeah, that sounds about right. I love that episode, especially when he blows up the DMV. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one. We Speaking really... of blowing things up, <laughs> Hop TV. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was obviously a nod to you know MTV. Uh, you know, at the time, you know, uh, you know, especially when we the pilot for Megas, you know, it was only two years, maybe even like a year and a half after Downtown had been canceled. So we were, it was still fresh in our minds, and you know, and again, that was another one where Linda Zemensky let us do that and. Clearly, that was a nice. just just like totally ripping on another network. And I was so hoping for some kind of CN network reference in Motor City, but then again, uh, you didn't really have television. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, I wasn't ever angry with Cartoon Network. I mean, I wasn't even that angry with MTV. I think George was angrier with MTV than I was. You know, um, I mean, Cartoon Network. You know, at least they, we did two seasons there. True, true, true. All right. So here's the Bam Bam Mamma Jamma. All right. <laughs> All right. We've hyped this question. We've hyped this question. And yeah. now it will be completely disappointing to everyone. Better sure. be good. Better be good. All right. <laughs> no so pressure sketch. What is the plausibility for producing a animated action drama slash comedy series for, say, Adult Swim? Slash? Like an original one? Yeah. There's a possibility, you know, it's interesting because we've been talking to him about it. it's more comedy. It's definitely more comedy. We have something that's kind of in the works. The, the interesting thing is that the way Adult Swim works, it's almost too, you know, even Cartoon Network, right? Like Adult Swim is on there and Cartoon Network and Adult Swim are very separate. But even within Adult Swim, like there's the original stuff and then there's the late night acquisition stuff, essentially Toonami. Um, and they're really different groups. You know, there, there's people who work on both but as far as the development process and the creative and the buyers and stuff, it's really different. So the straight anime stuff, the stuff that's purely the acquisition, you know, that goes on the, the later block. And the original stuff is generally comedy, right? Um, stuff like, and you could say stuff like, we, you know, uh, you know, the season, you know, we, we uh, did Black Dynamite, which aired uh, last year, which is arguably, you know, pretty close to something like that. Um, the uh, but the thing that we're talking to them about now is definitely more comedy, even though its execution is definitely more anime. So the the probability is high because we're already 
kind of talking to him about doing it. So I'm pretty sure you're going to see something like that in the next couple of years. So is that a good answer? Well, I I guess what we're (laughs) what we're trying to get at, and I'm sure you understand, you you know what we're trying to get at is, would you want to put something on tsunami specifically? Oh yeah, I would love to. The thing is, I think to do that, we'd have to do it as a co-pro and have them license it, which that's like an international co-pro. So we probably have to get. We have a studio in Canada now, which helps. We we started a little satellite, satellite uh, tip mouse studio up in Vancouver. Okay. When they do, you know, America's really kind of like isolationist in there. The way they make any kind of entertainment, they basically just make it all. They don't usually make deals with other countries. Um, but Canada does, and, you know, France and Korea and, you know, a lot of other countries do. And Japan could conceivably get on board for something like this. I think I'd have to set up the financing uh, probably in a way where Toonami paid for a part of it, maybe a fifth or a of it and they probably wouldn't even necessarily give that money up front the way these co-pros work is you'd probably have to this is a way more detailed answer than you're probably looking for <laughs> but, uh, no, go ahead details, details go ahead. Like, please, please. from tsunami hypothetically i'd have to talk to somebody over there say like hey what do you think of this idea if we made however many 10 or 13 or 20 of these episodes would you air them and they'd say you know hopefully you'd probably get an answer like yeah we could contribute you know, X license fee towards that thing once they're produced. And then the way you you do one of these co-pros is you get a bunch of these letters of intent from a bunch of broadcasters around the world and you make up the budget or you make that up in addition with an investor. And then you go to a bank that specializes in this and you get them to give you a loan for the money. Then you make it and then you go back to all those guys and say, we made it. Now, can we get our license fee? <laughs> so it takes a while, but it could be done. Right. And that's how so, most of the works, really. So it would have to be a co-pro for financial reasons. Yeah, because Toonami doesn't have the budgets to... I mean, a lot of the yeah, stuff... I mean, sure. Toonami is, like, it's high-end stuff. I mean, it's not, like, cheap cartoons. Like, it's, no. you know, it's really, really good. So we wouldn't want to make something crappy. <laughs> right. So, very true. Yeah. Because I was so, I think I was talking to to Jody through uh, PMs on a message board at, at some point, and this kind of the concept of if you had made Megas for Adult Swim, that you guys just wouldn't have the budget to do what you wanted. Yeah, that that is like likely the case. Um, now I think we could. You know, it's weird. Like Megas, a lot of things that that we've learned, like we could make Megas. The production value of Mega is so much better now after having, you know, done Motor City and a lot more production since then. I think we, you know, because the inside of the car stuff, what we did on Motor City is we did those layouts. There's only a finite amount of views in each car. Like Mutt had the most. You know, some of the other cars had had a few, you know. And uh, so you lay out the characters in there and then you're not doing new layouts of those. You're not doing new background paintings. And so much of Mega's was conversations in that car. And then the CG's gotten way better, so we would probably do Megas, you know, at least partially in CG, like we did with the vehicles in Motor City. So, um, if we were, yeah, if we were to do Megas now, we would knock that out of the park. I mean, I'm really uh, confident that we could do that. Um, the uh, the likelihood is that we, you know, we probably won't be doing new full episodes of Megas anytime soon. But uh, who knows? You never know. 
Well, I think that about does it for us. Um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we go, is there any last minute uh, plugs you want to do? Or I have a whole list of shows I can plug for you if you want. Oh, right on. Um, hey, the one thing that's kind of cool that I think you should check out is uh, Pinched. It's one of our shorts that's on iTunes. And uh, I think we're going to put it on. But if you go search like Pinched, um, just like it sounds, P-I-N-C-H-E-D, Pinched. It's an 11-minute short that we did uh, in-house. It's just a cool, weird. It's probably more closer to downtown in its sensibility. Um, uh, the director is a guy who worked on downtown and worked on Vegas and worked on Motor City, actually. Um, but I bet your guys would dig that. And um, uh, as far as the shows, if you got a list of plugs, go for it, man. You probably know better the times that they're coming up. So, uh, so Metalocalypse, the Doom Star Requiem. Yeah, Metalocalypse is on Adult Swim. China, Illinois is Adult Swim. Super Jail, uh, Venture Brothers now. Tsunami Classic, Mega yeah, Sex is, current... is, uh, is on iTunes, so if you want to go pick that up. Yes, that's yeah. where I got it. Uh, yeah. Let's see, what else we got here? Just basically, if you see anything that's animated on TV, these guys probably did it. So <laughs> give them your money. <laughs> right on. At least if it's on Adult yeah. Swim. episodes of Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja. On yeah, Randy Cunningham is currently airing. China is currently airing. And Doomstar, the Metalocalypse movie, premieres October 27th, which is soon. Actually, there's a fun fact. Uh, Shannon is currently at the studio and will probably be there until about 2 or 3 a.m., uh, uploading the final to Adult Swim because <laughs> it's due tomorrow, and I'm probably going to go in there uh, pretty soon. Oh, so you guys upload the videos to them? So yeah, you don't, you don't have to be all tapes. You know, you'd output it to a tape and FedEx it. But now the internet's so good, you just you know, like you know, you output a high res QuickTime movie, and you high, you output all your audio splits, and you send it up there. And you know, we got a fiber connection and. You know, believe it or not, uh, Time Warner has a really fast connection, so it works out pretty well. Awesome. Well, I, I, cool. Wonders of technology. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure. You, I, I, just out of curiosity, because I'm an I'm a tech nerd like that. Um, what video codec do you guys use? Is it Apple ProRes four two two? Yeah, it's either that or the equivalent Avid one. Um, Avid really, that was a good game changer a couple years ago because we used to do just uncompressed, and that's like ten times bigger file size. Yeah, yeah but now. Uh, networks except ProRes, every even Disney drinks like people with really tough specs. Uh, they accept ProRes, and it helps a lot with still better people. I don't, I can't tell when you're switching the frame back and forth. It looks exactly the same, so it's good. Yeah, it's a good codec. Oh, I I love ProRes, man. People don't people don't yeah. give it enough credit. It's, it's professional resolution. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna go back to the show in just a minute. So we're back. Uh, we're going to briefly do Tsunami Talkbacks very quickly because we only have like two of them or three of them. Um, and uh, we're going to do kind of just lightning round them. At Jim George Baker says it would be pretty epic if Tom could do a Tsunami game review of the Mugen fighting game. Uh, Mugen, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but Mugen is like that build your own fighting game type of thing where you can use your own character or characters from oh, other shows yeah 
Um, I yeah, think no. copyright would be like, no. <laughs> Maybe. Unless you want to just show the one actual character that you get with a Mugen set. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is a fighting game engine. You can customize it. And put, no copyright infringement. And put all these characters that we don't own the copyrights to in it. So uh, it, I don't think it'll happen. Ninja Turtles versus the Power Rangers. You know. Uh, <laughs> versus Dragon Ball Z. Versus the Straw Hats. Versus. Oh, God. Versus uh, those two idiots from Sword Art. Versus uh, <laughs> Yui. Torko. <laughs> it is the ultimate showdown. Versus the 13 Court Guard. Versus Leech. Public Security Section 9. Oh, God. <laughs> We're giant robots on surfboards. And giant robots seven. on surfboards. And Team Satomi. Uh, I think we've got enough in there. So Versus a lot of attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the attorneys All right, win. Next. Uh, next. The uh, shorter series. Uh, sorry. At Master of the Arts says, Shorter series are really underappreciated on Toonami. It feels like instead of savoring it, people wait for it to end. And I actually really agree with this. Like, IGPX, people really just waited for that one to end. It didn't feel like people enjoyed it while it was on the air. And uh, True. And, and I, I kind of feel that way with Samurai 7 as well. And uh, I agree with that as well. I wouldn't say the same thing about Eureka 7, because Eureka 7 had, like, a pretty... Like oh, faithful following, yeah. Yes. Although the thing is, I think with a lot of these shows, and I, I would put this with Eureka Seven and IGPX and a couple of these others, they really don't work week to week. They don't work as well as like just marathoning through them. IGPX, I admit, it has its shortcomings and and its pitfalls, but when you watch that show, like marathon that shit, it's a great show, but watching it week to week, even I felt like, okay, this is pretty taxing. So, yeah, I, I hear the complaint. Yeah. Well, now, now that I've been reviewing a lot more anime, I've actually, I understand what you mean because when you get like part one and you do it, like, like if it's like every once a week, it's kind of like, eh. yeah, you just, and then the other part might be good. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. It's, it's really weird. Like, but if you see the whole series, you're like, oh, this is actually really good. Yeah, you just you dump the whole more thing. Con- you just need more, more continuity because, like, if you're just catching it every week, you kind of lose stuff. Especially, and then if you miss an uh, episode, you get really be confused. Yeah. Right. I would echo something that happened to me where I was just like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> there are actually some shows that I feel work better once a week with a little time to digest between ghost in the shell is one of those kinds of shows for me i can't really watch more than one of those in a row i can right. i can go either way with ghost in the shell i can marathon that shit like crazy because i just i love ghost in the shell and i have i i've kind of already i've kind of already figured everything out about ghost in the shell like i i don't really have any more new ideas about it anymore i'm kind of like yeah i know what's going no on. but we did have a nice conversation about that yeah, one we, day, though. we always do um yeah but and Cowboy Bebop, since it has no real strict continuity, is another one of those shows that really works well from week to week. Or you mm-hmm. you miss an episode, and it's like yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I think I think uh, some of the longer running shonen actually kind of benefit from this because they do recap so much to catch you up. Um, especially One Piece in the couple of weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. so so oh, yeah, I, I think I get think, longer and longer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best way to really appreciate these series is to keep them on your DVR for a long time and then like watch it live every week with us so you can tweet 
but go back to some of these on your DVR, like IGPX. Go back and just marathon a lot of the episodes as much as possible. And, it's worth it. Then it's and I think I think the shows, I think the shows just better consumed that way sometimes. Um, maybe Sword Art, maybe Sword Art falls to that same thing. Maybe. Maybe I'm just not seeing something by not marathon watching it because it does. I mean, it is getting to me now where it's like it's exhausting to watch this show every week. So I don't know. Maybe I need to give Sword Art another chance uh, with uh, with a marathon. Yeah, personally, I shotgun through it on Crunchyroll. Yeah, I'm not doing the Japanese <laughs> version though. That shit put me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, all right, and we got one more from once again Master of the Arts. Uh, and I kind of wanted to talk about this one on the air. Is uh, do you guys have any times? Do you guys have any time for show rundowns like you used to do on the podcast? What he means by this, um, we never did oh. this. Oh, <laughs> that was the other one. Guy. That was the other uh, unofficial. We kind of did podcast. it this week. We kind of did it this week, but we didn't do it in such an organized way. We did it like, oh yeah, the, we do it. We do it kind of like throw that one comment out there. We don't really do the organized thing and i don't think that works for us no it, no doesn't. it doesn't and that was part of the thing like we wanted to do this is you know this is tsunami faithful podcast this isn't the other no. podcast but now it's, it's more- combined so. no now it's combined so <laughs> yeah. we kind of are but when when we started our podcast we had that we had them as a rifle at well we were competition i guess and we didn't want to provide the exact same experience that they were doing and after all they've had years of experience at that point you know those one piece guys had years of experience doing that podcast yeah those guys are all about the recap they are and they're amazing at it and they are there's three recaps every episode there's they're tal- well, not every episode not every episode but they're very talented and they very and they do it very well um and they they make it entertaining i don't think that we could do that in the same fashion nope and Pretty so and so when we started the time the show, that we wanted to do it in. Yeah, and when we started this show, we we decided, you know, not to do that because they were doing it. And we didn't want to do that because it it wasn't really an interesting way of doing the show for us. So we focused on bringing other types of content like interviews and whatnot. So uh while we're not going to do that, uh we have no problems with other podcasts doing that. Uh and I know because I've listened to them. The tsunami, <laughs> the tsunami forum podcast. That's kind of their format. So if you need that kind of fix, uh, maybe maybe listen to those guys. There's plenty of room on the internet for tons of tsunami podcasts. But make sure you keep listening to us because we bring you cool shit. We're the best one. Because <laughs> we keep bringing you cool shit. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number one. Number like one. Just like this interview we just had. Yeah. Intense. Yeah, like that's huh. that's the kind of stuff we've always wanted to do. That's the stuff that's more interesting to us right. than doing like show rundowns. And it's not to pit- In other words, we didn't copy anybody. Yeah, we just did our own thing. It's not to it's not to piss on the concept of show rundowns, not at all. It's just it's not something we think we're good at or we think that we're uh or really interested in doing. So that's that's just kind of our our stance on it. We hope you keep listening anyways. Um yeah, listen to me cuss, drink, crack on Paul, say all kinds of ill shit. <laughs> so uh, I think that'll pretty much do it for Tsunami Talkback because I told you it was a short one this week. Um, And uh, we'll go ahead and start signing off. Uh, Matt had to leave the call. So before we go, let's go ahead and plug him real quick. 
Let me find his Twitter account. Because <laughs> I want to make sure I spell it right. Okay, so uh, you can follow Matt at... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and spell it out because I can't... I'm going to mispronounce it. It's uh, I-T-A-C-H-I-L-S-H-T-A-R. That's Italic Ishtar, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to be Itashi. Itashi Ishtar. Ishtar. There you go. So that. Go follow that. <laughs> um, Matt's a cool dude. He did all of our New York Comic Con content with Daniel here, and it came out great. I haven't had a chance to watch all of it, but I really like the uh, Mike McFarlane and Ashoka interview. So. Uh, um. And, re- and remember, if you guys want to see any of those interviews, you can go to youtube.com slash geeky videos. That's where all of them are. Just click on the New York Comic Con 2013 playlist. And uh, uh, other than that, I think we can go ahead and sign the rest of us who are actually still here off. Yes. Uh, Daniel? Sketch, you get to go first. Oh, I was oh, going to say Daniel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You guys can rock, paper, scissors over it. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. Um, no. <laughs> you can follow me. I can't at... see what you're throwing. I, I just threw a scissors. Okay, I trust you. I'm throwing paper. <laughs> <laughs> Did I win? I, I think so. No, you no, you didn't. Anyways, um, so Daniel goes first. if you threw rock, I love... then I won. Daniel goes first. <laughs> I love you, Sketch. <laughs> okay. You can follow me at Zero Gamer on Twitter, and uh, you can follow me on uh, Zero Gamer Zero at tumblr.com, and that's it for me. All right. Sketch. All righty. You can find me on the Twitter at Sketch1984. Mm-hmm. You can find me on the Tumblr. Sketch1984.tumblr.com and less talk more action.tumblr.com. I swear I'm going to post something there eventually. Lies. <laughs> yes, lies. Darrell knows all about my lies of promises. I know. I haven't said anything from that for like weeks now. Actually, Sketch, there's something you might be able to post there soon, but we can't talk about that, can we? Mm, no, we can't talk about that oh, yet. You're always so, you always hype things more than you need to, man. I know. <laughs> That's why my hashtag is always don't overhype it. When I, the hype man. Don't believe the hype. He's the hype man. That's why uh, I, that's like, people ignore my don't overhype it like hashtag, don't though. Don't believe the hype. Yeah, yeah don't I. It's a good hashtag. It's a, I, uh, I think it, yeah. it sets reasonable expectations because it's just like, hey, I've cut this little promo. And everyone's like, oh, that's it? And I'm like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> hey, that takes effort, man. You guys yeah. respect what Jose puts out. Seriously. He puts his heart into this stuff. And jizz. <laughs> no. No. That would Corner drill. slow down the process of making videos. And often does. <laughs> and his job career just went even Wait, further what? down the drain. Did you say my job? <laughs> no. no, no, no. Too far. Too far. Line crossed. Too far. Anyways. So uh, Too far. We'll keep on making those references. No one will hire you. <laughs> so, yeah, I occasionally do stuff for the website. So, if you want to bother me at the email, it's Andrew Hinkson. That's H I N G S O N. At tsunamifaithful.com. That's such a sexy name. Oh, yeah. 
Jarrell, quick, let's go. <laughs> okay, well, you can follow me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com. Or if you want to tumble with me, because I love to tumble like Jose, you can tumble with me at ukamisamurai.tumblr.com. And if you need to send me any emails, which I probably will re- probably reply to. So many hate mail now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck them, too. All but the you can... <laughs> About How come you don't like Start on Online? Suck ass online, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you can Jeez. email me at derailmaddox at tsunamifaithful.com. Oh, I get it. It's still SAO. <laughs> <laughs> and the last horse crosses the finish line. <laughs> and, Anyways, uh, Jose. Yeah, my turn real quick. You can follow me at J-E-A-R-G-U-M-E-D-O on Twitter. Uh, follow me at uh, on Tumblr at J-E-A-R-G-U-M-E-D-O.tumblr.com. It is not a Toonami blog. It's a me blog. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, check out the Ghost in the Shell promo I cut. It's on the front page of the website, tonightfaithful.com. Uh, and if you click the link to the videos, it brings you to the rest of my videos. I have tons of stuff that I think you guys might like, including that uh, Christopher Walken video that will oh, not God, fucking <laughs> die. It's over two hundred thousand views. I love that video. It's over two hundred. It's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be here on YouTube long after I'm dead. I'm going to slay the tights. We should viral that. <laughs> and it, dude, it's two hundred thousand views. It's already viral. Oh, killed them all. Uh, it's not cool that I'm much. Last one. That's more. That's more than any other video I've ever done in my life. Period. And yeah, <laughs> and mine. So. <laughs> um. So what else? Uh, you can email me at j e a r g u m e d o at tunamifaithful dot com. And that's it. All right. All right. And Jeez. you can find me always at uh, Paul Pascrillo on, Tuna- on uh, Twitter. Not on Tsunami, Twitter. Uh, my last name is spelled P-E-S-C-R-I-L-O. Uh, you can also find me on Tumblr as well, paulpascrillo.tumblr.com. Uh, my email is paulpascrillo at tsunamifaithful.com. So if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns about the website or anything involving us, Please let me know because I can't change things unless you let me know. And you can find me on the website under the username TF Admin. So that's the podcast, folks. Peace. We're out. Get your ass back to school. Back to China, Illinois. Get your ass back to school. Back to China, Illinois. If you're going back, better get yourself some pencils. Get yourself some condoms if you're messing with the stencils. If you throw a party, better get the freaking tinsel. Because every single day is like a Christmas party, mother humper. Get your ass back to school. Back to China, Illinois.